0: People, listen,
1: please. If your life would to end today, where would you spend eternity? Do you know where you go in after?
2: Welcome to the Cross Currents Radio Show, your spiritual speaker's corner, broadcast and podcast. The culture is confused about Easter. What could chocolate bunnies and painted eggs possibly have to do with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? What's so good about Good Friday? In this series, our outreach radio team is keeping the cross current by taking the time to go, tell, and broadcast real-time street conversations with everyday people in the hope that all who hear the good news will come to believe. Please, also make sure to keep listening until the very end of each episode, as TCC radio host Corey McKenna helps us to see the role that we each play among the cast of characters in the most scandalous execution in human history, and the life and death decision we all must face as a result. And, with that in mind, let's get this show on the road. In the studio, and on the street, with the Cross Current Radio Show. All right.
0: Well, this is Corey with TCC Radio, and I am here talking with Andrew. So uh, we're with TCC Radio. Have you heard of us before ever? You can be honest. No. <laughs> Very emphatic on that. Okay, good. And um, so what we are, we're basically we're a Spiritual Speakers Corner broadcast and podcast, and uh, we're talking in this uh, in this series about the concept of Easter. Now, you uh, we were just chatting a few minutes ago, and you had such interesting thoughts that I thought I would pick your brain again, uh, but this time uh, this time on air. And um, so uh, I guess the, the first thing I'd ask, just to get to know you a little bit again, background, you said you're more of a sort of an esoteric Christian. Would you say you're an esoteric Christian? I'm a man. You're a man. <laughs> okay, all right. So now you said you're from this area. Um, maybe you can help uh, our listeners understand, where did you get your knowledge on just spiritual things Historical things. Are you self-taught? Are you uh, you go to school for this? What's your story?
1: Well, I think the important background to come from is the fact that I was raised an evangelical Christian. My uh, grandfather is an apostolic slash Pentecostal pastor.
0: Great, great man. And um, uh, now, do you personally, Andrew, do you celebrate Easter? Is it something you do uh, every year? Yes, you do. Okay. And what does Easter mean to you personally? Why do, you, why do you celebrate that?
1: Uh, it's the resurrection of Christ.
0: Okay, and is that, is that at the heart of your celebration, or is it something different than that?
1: That's the core, yeah.
0: Um, you've heard a Good Friday tomorrow, right? Uh, it's actually a, a uh, nationwide statutory holiday. You probably know that, too. So I guess the point there is at some point in history, someone thought that this, this day was important enough to take a whole day off to consider really what it's all about. Now, do you know, I think I know the answer, but I'd love to hear your thoughts, do you know what the holiday actually commemorates?
1: Good Friday is the crucifixion of uh, Jesus of Nazareth.
0: Right. And um, why do you think that the crucifixion of Jesus is that important?
1: Well, this can go into a lot of things. There's, there's lots of symbolic, and then there's the idea of the Old Testament prophecy of um, the Messiah and shedding his blood for our sins there's references apparently to it in Genesis about like you know the heel striking the serpent's head but quite frankly a lot of that can be taken from different interpretations um,
0: well said so um, now as someone who's had a church background would you be comfortable in a minute or two articulating the biblical gospel what is the good news that uh, that, that saves sinners could, could you share that in, in a minute or two
1: do you want it from an evangelical or from a catholic perspective no, I,
0: I want what the bible says Christian perspective
1: I will give you my interpretation go for it okay so the the idea is is that the word became flesh god the presence of the universe became incarnate came down to somehow bridge the gap between the ultimately divine and the creation of the divine
0: hold that thought the biblical gospel as it says in scripture says that uh, and I'll just, just sort of throw this in right now really important because this is really the Bible speaks about because we're going to have a discussion in a second I'm going to bring my friend Cy in because you know you're, you're you're obviously a guy that's, that's done some research uh, and it talks in scripture that we're to give a hope for the faith that we have it even says we're to set up our Christ as Lord as holy in our hearts and give an answer when people ask us so we're going to do that if, you're, if you'd be patient with us but what is the hope we have here's the hope the Bible says that we were created in God's image and likeness we were created special we were created moral we were created to represent God accurately right to imitate God as he's called us to the problem is is when we sin we violate God's law God's law reflects God's character and we fail to imitate God as he commands so we sin against the God we do know exists the Bible says everyone knows God exists. We're without excuse uh, for denying Him. We're accountable to Him ultimately. The problem is is we've been rebellious to God from birth because we're born in sin but also by choice because we've chosen to sin because our nature derives those choices. The problem with that is, is that God's holiness demands justice. So we're on sort of the wrong side of the benches that we're under. And What happens is that when we stand before God, and we will, we're already guilty. One James says that one single violation of God's law means that we break all of God's law. So we've, we've sinned, we're sinners by birth, we're sinners by choice, and we've done all these things against God in rebellion to God. God's justice demands payment for our actions. We don't have payment. The good news is that Jesus Christ came into this world to save sinners from the wrath of God. See, we're out here today because we don't want people to perish under God's wrath for all eternity in hell. That's a terrible, terrible thing. And God's love in us compels us to go and to share this good news. And the good news is this. Gospel means good news. Jesus Christ, fully man, fully God, he came into this world. He lives a life perfectly obedient to all of God's commands. He goes to a Roman crucifixion. He suffers not just at the hands of Romans, not just that the Romans nailed him to the tree and beat him, and all that's, that's all very, very terrible. And I see my sin and all those things. But the most awesome and terrifying aspect of the cross, the Bible says in Isaiah 53.10, It was the will of the Lord to crush him. That is to say that God the Father poured out his justice, his wrath, his anger on his only begotten son. Jesus Christ is crushed under the weight of that judgment. He dies in place of sinners. Three days later, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, he rises from the dead, defeats death, hell, and the grave. And now he's calling people everywhere, not just to believe this in their brain, but to repent of their sin. That means turn away from sin, put their faith in Jesus Christ alone to save them. For by grace you have been saved. Through faith this is not your own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. And if we put our faith in christ we will be saved and then we can know that we're saved because god gives us this assurance because he finishes the good work he's begun we will start to live in a way that's consistent with the uh the ministry of christ and with the way we will love people more we will we will serve people right and anyway so that that's in a nutshell is the gospel we broke the law god paid our fine in his life's blood at the cross of christ now go ahead
1: well I think you have very valid points here, but I think the thing, key thing to say is that pretty much almost the entirety of what you just said is very, very much reflective of a very Pauline viewpoint, right? I mean, we talk about
0: Isaiah, okay, that's good, but when you Do talk- you believe what I just said is true? That's where we're going to invite Sai in. This is Sai, Sai, and or, and Sai. What's your worldview?
1: Um,
0: I'm searching. searching. Yes,
1: see... I believe,
0: go back and forth here. Go I believe in God, I believe
1: in the Creator, but I do not believe in man because I believe man is infallible. I agree with Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I do buy that. Here's something else, though. We're taking this down when we say the Bible, the Bible, the Bible. What's the Bible? Tell me the history of what we know as the modern canon. So before,
3: before we get to that, what we're looking at is an ultimate standard of what is true. Mm-hmm. Ours is God and His Word. What is yours? God. Okay, how do you know about God?
1: Something has to come from something else.
3: There's polarity. So my question to you is, for example, could you be wrong about everything you claim to know? Absolutely. Okay, now here's the problem. When you say you could be wrong about everything you claim to know, it follows logically that you know nothing. And I'll explain that to you. If you were to ask me the height of this wall, and I said it's 20 feet, but I could be wrong, do I know it? No. See, that's right. If I could be wrong about it, it follows that I don't know it. You said you could be wrong about everything, therefore it follows logically that you know nothing. Now, the problem with that is you're going to make knowledge claims about causality, about the Bible, about things like that, and you won't be able to justify them unless you start with God. See, the Bible says everyone knows that God exists, not only a generic God, but the God. So if you want to make any claims about him, you have to have some kind of justification. And if you just say, well, man you know, is not sufficient, and God's word is not sufficient, then where are you? And that's what we present here when we come out here today. We present the option, Jesus Christ or absurdity. But people choose absurdity because they love their sin. Because you have sufficient knowledge of God for your condemnation. And we're here out, out here telling you about Jesus Christ, that you might be saved from the hell that each and every one of us deserves.
1: I believe God's died for our sins. I did believe, I do believe that. But you're talking about causality. I don't think I can know absolutely everything that's true. But on the other hand, neither can you, because we are infallible. Essentially, what we're doing is we're putting our faith in a book, Now, this is something that through my childhood I believed gospel was infallible. But when you really start to search and look for what is claimed as gospel, the very, the the crux of the argument, the crux of the thing that really got to me was where's Enoch? It's quoted. It was a big part of Judaism around that time. It was a big part of early Christianity. We don't have it. Furthermore, what about the Apocrypha? Why don't us Protestants have it? Yet, we still have all these other books that we took from the Roman Catholic Church. I'm looking to the dawn of Christianity. So,
3: you made a lot of knowledge claims, but you said you could be wrong about everything. See, and, and that's the problem. That when you make knowledge claims, you're boring from a worldview that you, that you say you don't believe in. You don't believe in the Christian worldview. You're not a Christian. You don't believe in God as his authority. So you can't even make one knowledge claim. Now, if you want to retract and say, no, you can know things for certain, that's fine. You know, I, I, we're not going to hold you to something like that. But the question simply is, how do you know anything to be true? Even one thing, unless you start with Jesus Christ.
1: To which I say, how can you prove that what you say is not completely true? I'm not saying that God is not the authority. I would say I am a Christian because I do believe Jesus was the Word made flesh. I do believe that he was
3: God. Do you know who else believes that? Satan. It's not doing him any good. You see, belief that Jesus is the Son of God does not help for your salvation. You have to repent and put your trust in him. How do we know that? Because that's what God's word says. And I'm saying if you deviate from God's word, because the thing is you're saying that we want to see which parts of scripture are true because, you know, all these different influences that you bring in. But who is the arbiter of that truth? Is it you? No, it's not. It's God's word that is the arbiter of that truth. And if you deviate from that, then you just have verbal diarrhea. You know, you can make knowledge claims all you want, but unless you start with Jesus Christ, you can't justify even one of them. Now, it was interesting because the very first thing that you said to me in that, conversation was yes i could be wrong about everything but so can you well here's the problem with that once you admit that you could be wrong about everything you have to stop because first of all that's a self-refuting knowledge claim because you know that you could be wrong about everything which is absurd and the very next thing you do is you make a knowledge claim about me you say so can you and what you're basically saying is i could be wrong about everything but i know that you can too and if you say you could be wrong about everything, you can't make a knowledge claim about me. And that's what we're doing here. We're showing you that the option that you have today is Jesus Christ or absurdity. Now, you know this God that exists. You know that what you deserve for your sin against him. And we're presenting that option. Now, we could talk about philosophical issues for hours, but this is not a fun philosophical debate. Tonight here, we're talking about eternal matters. And if you die in your sin, then this could be a very bad day for you because you're hearing a lot of truth. And people are sent to hell according to the amount of truth they get and reject.
1: Well, my first rebuttal to that is, is where did I not say that Christ is the only way? Well, I'm saying that
3: you, you are your own ultimate authority on whether Christ is the way, correct? Is that right? Jesus, Satan says that Christ is the only way too.
1: Well, I would say that's a s- t- satanic statement in itself. Okay, that, what
3: is your ultimate authority by which you know anything to be true? When you said you could be wrong about everything,
1: what's your ultimate authority? God. God. Okay, well, how do you know what God said? How do I know what God said? Here is the issue. You still have to put faith in what you believe. You cannot prove it. Okay, so you can't prove it. No, you cannot.
3: So you can't know anything to be true. Correct. Have a nice day, sir. You can't live that way and you don't live that way. See, that's the problem, sir. You, you live as though you know things to be true because you know the God that exists and you know that he's revealed himself to you. But you want to remain the arbiter and say, well, this part I believe and this part I don't believe, and that's a very dangerous thing, sir.
1: When I say we can't be sure, you cannot be sure that you're dreaming right now.
3: Is that true, sir? Absolutely. You do not know this. you made another absolute truth claim when you said you could be wrong about everything. Do you see the issue that you're having now? You're saying you could be wrong about everything and you're making absolute truth claims about me.
1: You are inferring that there is something that we can know for sure, and that it is completely infallible. That we can have some kind of a divine knowledge to absolutely know what is fact that it is given to us by somebody. You're still saying that you have to know for sure without a shadow of a doubt, but when the crux comes down to it about believing it's faith, this is the problem.
3: I'm saying that if you don't trust God and His Word as your authority, then then you logically, it logically follows that you are the ultimate authority. And that's a very dangerous position to be in.
1: Please tell me why we know that the modern New Testament, or not, not even New Testament, the modern Protestant canon... Let
3: me answer your question. How do I know that the Bible is the Word of God, the entire Bible? Because if it wasn't, you couldn't make sense of your question. Now, I'll answer that different to a Christian. How I, do I know it as a Christian? How I would I answer that to the, as a Christian? By reading it, that the
0: Holy Spirit reveals that it's His Word. See, so Andrew, um, just to sort of bring it up the speed here and I'm listening back and forth so what the Christian worldview says is you have to start with God to know anything, God's not the, the conclusion of your reasoning he's the necessary starting point for any reasoning any knowledge, so here's what happens is we, everyone starts with God but they ignore him they, am, I, am I getting that right? Yeah, every, everybody starts with God. And the thing
3: is, you would talk about faith too. And I think you have a misunderstanding of what faith is. Faith is not a blind leap. Hebrews 11, 1, certainty of things unseen. Faith in God is not only the foundation of the Christian reasoning, it's the foundation of everyone's reasoning. Every one of your thoughts presupposes that God exists because you couldn't make sense of one of them unless you start with God. See, when you stand before God, you'll be accountable for living your life and not giving Him glory for all the things that He's given you for giving you life, for giving you knowledge, for giving you reason, for giving you these thoughts. You use all of them, but you can't make sense of any of them. And when you stand before God, you'll be accountable for your sin against him.
1: So essentially what you're telling me is, is because I do not buy an English interpretation of the modern canon as purported to us by evangelicals, that I am wrong and that I'm completely going to hell.
3: No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that If you die in your sin, you're going to hell because you have made yourself the authority over God, over His Word, that you have become the authority. You have become the authority as to what is His Word and what is not His Word. That is a dangerous position to be in. You have to repent and put your trust in Jesus Christ. How do we know that? Because His divine and perfect Word tells us that.
1: And to which I would say I would agree with a lot of that.
3: We are fallible. That's the whole
1: premise of my idea.
3: The thing is, those are truth claims and knowledge claims. Everything you say out of your mouth is a truth or knowledge claim which you cannot make sense of without God. See, because what I could do, I would be in every right to every knowledge claim you, to, you, you make to stop you and say, do you know that? Is that true? And you said you could be wrong about everything, so you'd have to say, no, I don't. And that's what I'm showing is that demonstrating the difference between faith in Christ and faith in yourself. As the ultimate arbiter, you have absurdity. Now, now, you know, we're going to hand the mic back to you, but if you make a knowledge claim, I want to stop you and I'm going to ask how you know that when you say you could be wrong about everything you claim to know.
1: Well, I think a big thing to come from is are we taking this from an impartial discussion or are we taking this already from the belief of of the divine? I think you've got a very good point with a lot of this stuff, but what I'm saying is, is you take an atheist off the street and you start telling them that you need God, where's the proof, where's the basis for this? You have to start with rational thought. Okay,
3: is it true that I must start with rational thought? No. Have a nice day, sir.
0: How is it not true that you must start, you, you just said it was?
1: Because that's what makes sense to me. That's not what makes sense to everybody else. You're taking a one size fits all. Okay, so here, let, let's go by okay, what we can agree upon, okay? No, no, Do no, we, hang, on, uh, hang on a second.
3: We can't have, uh, there is no neutral ground here. It's Jesus Christ or absurdity. Now, I agree that you can think rationally because I know you're made in the image of God. But when you make truth claims, when you make truth claims about anything, even about a neutral position, I'm going to challenge you on those things since you have said that you could be wrong about everything you claim to know.
0: You understand the Bible says you walk in light and darkness, you're dead in sin, you're alive in Christ. Really, the Bible says there's no neutrality. Psalm five. It's a, it's a heavy verse. It says, all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. That is to say, Scripture cuts through the whole myriad of worldviews on the, on the planet and says there's the one true living God of Scripture as revealed in the person of Christ, or there's idols. There, there, there's people worshiping the creature rather than the creator. That's what's being said here. And that's clearly demonstrated when you try to reason with people and they deny God, but yet in fact, it's sort of like, like breathing requi- requires air, thinking requires knowledge. Without starting with God, you have no basis for any of that. And that's, that's what's being said. We're not trying to get you to conclude God. We're saying unless you start with God, you can't have any knowledge at all. What I mean to say is not everything I know is true, but the fact
1: that every little detail I know might not necessarily be true. We're students. We're learning. So what I mean is obviously not everything will be true. I know I'm in shoes. I know I got them on today. I know I'm okay, you make knowledge claims, and you're appealing to your senses and reasoning to make these knowledge claims.
3: Now the question is, how do you know that your reasoning about anything is valid?
1: Well, I start with what's before and what comes after, a priori, a priori.
3: Well, you're employing your reasoning in order to come to that conclusion. Would, would, would that not be fair? Absolutely. Okay, so your reasoning, you're using your reasoning to justify the validity of your reasoning. Do you not see a problem with that, sir?
1: Well, if we don't use reasoning, how else are, are we supposed to come to a conclusion? Are we supposed to blindly believe it?
3: No, we're supposed to trust revelation from God Almighty in His Word. And that's the problem. And that's your difficulty, sir, is that you don't trust His revelation. You trust yourself, which, as you admit it, is fallible. And therefore, you can't know anything to be true. But you do know things to be true, sir. But why do, you, why do you go through life like this? Why do you go through life with yourself as the ultimate authority? Because there's something that you're holding on to, that you don't want to submit to the God who made you. You don't want to submit to Jesus Christ. And, and that's a tragic thing, sir. Now, we could keep talking about this, but you know, all we're going to show is that you know, you're going to tie yourself up in knots if you don't start with the God
0: of the Bible. Good question. Is, how does this side relate to Easter? Because this is a series on Easter, and I know it does. Uh, what about redemption and redeeming, and how does that work?
3: Well, like I say, this is one thing that I say in my debates and, and things like I say Jesus Christ did not only die to save souls for eternity. He died to save our reasoning now. Mm-hmm. You see, Colossians 2, uh, it says... Um, In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. See, unless you start with Jesus Christ, you cannot have knowledge. So when he died, he didn't only die to save souls for eternity, he died to save reasoning now. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. People often often talk about the way and the truth, but they don't talk about the life. There is no life without Christ. There is just self-contradicting absurdity. Now, you can continue with that. When you walk away from us today, you can either think, well, there are some guys, you know, they're kind of crazy. I want to stick in my beliefs. So it's going to be one of two things. You're going to be either pushed towards Christ or away from him. And I hope that this pushes you towards him, pushes you to pick up your Bible and to read it, that God, through his Holy Spirit, might reveal the truth of it to you, that you might repent and come to know him. Because in 2 Timothy 2.24, it says that repentance comes before a knowledge of the truth in the hope that God will grant you repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. You have it exactly backwards. You're trying to see the truth and then maybe lead that to repentance. You must repent first for your sin against the God you know exists.
2: Canada Needs Christ. Will you prayerfully give to our great mission of airing and sharing? Airing this outreach radio show further across Canada and equipping more churches in Canada to share Christ? If so, go to thecrosscurrent.com slash give and choose the giving option that's best for you. We thank God for you and your partnership in His gospel. Personal.
0: Let's get personal Uh, and make sharing your faith a part of every day. Welcome to Let's Get Personal, a 60-second sample of personal witness training with The Cross Current. Who do you say that Jesus is? This simple question Jesus asked his friends is the same question we can ask our friends to get a conversation started about him. After your friend shares their opinion, why not open Scripture and share what God says about Himself? Because sharing God's Word is the goal of all personal witness. And that's just a glimpse of how TCC can help you and your church normalize sharing Christ in all your personal relationships.
1: Personal. Personal. For more wow. personal witness center training, visit to thecrosscurrent.com
3: Hi, this is Robbie Zacharias, and you're listening to the Cross Current Radio Show.
0: This is Corey McKenna, and welcome to our fourth and final part of Keeping the Cross Current at Easter. In this series, we've been trusting God that all who hear the good news of Jesus Christ will come to believe. So that's why we've been taking time at the end of each episode to walk through with you the true history of Easter. Because within this story about the scandalous sentencing and death of Christ, and within the hearts of the various characters involved, we've been clearly seeing ourselves. We all clearly see ourselves in the depravity of Barabbas, because our depravity is obvious. Before coming to Christ, we commit depraved, sinful crimes before God, because we're depraved sinners at heart. We all clearly see ourselves in the defiance of the Jewish leaders because our defiance is obvious. Before coming to Christ, we stand in defiant opposition and rebellion to God in our thoughts, in our words, and in our actions. But seeing ourselves in Pilate will be much more difficult because our deceitfulness is not obvious. By definition, it conceals and twists the truth we do know. But really, Pilate is all three of these things, isn't he? And his deceitfulness is really just his own attempt to conceal his own depravity and defiance. Over and over, Pilate was confronted with the truth of who Christ is. He even knew the right thing to do. But in everyone's life, there's a turning point with God, sometimes unto life and sometimes unto death. And I believe that the turning point of this entire drama and the most frightening verse of this entire passage is found in John chapter 19, verse 9. But Jesus gave him no answer. Catch this. God stops speaking. Over and over and over, Pilate was confronted with the truth. He knew what to do. He was given opportunity. God speaks, but Pilate turns away. But now, Pilate's confronted with the truth. He knows what to do. He's given opportunity. But God stops speaking. See, God sees the heart. And Jesus knew Pilate's heart. And he knew Pilate had hardened his heart. And it was over for Pilate, so there was nothing more for God to say. And that, for me, is the scariest part of this whole story. And in an ironic twist of fate, as he, Pilate, turns over God to be crucified, God turns over him to his own depraved, defiant, and deceitful mind. He may have deceived the crowd, but no one deceives God. And in the end, Pilate really only deceived himself. And what about you? If you are not a follower of Christ, please think carefully about this. Over and over and over throughout this series, and again today, you are being confronted with the truth. You are being given opportunity. Today, God is speaking to you. And today is your day to make your ultimate decision. What will you do with the Son of God? Please, don't harden your heart. Don't turn away. While God is still speaking, turn toward Christ and receive His free gift of eternal life today. Well, thanks again for listening to the Cross Current Radio Show. You can access this podcast at tccradio.com along with a related message called The Ultimate Decision and a series of powerful postings sharing the truth of why Jesus had to die. Also, if you and your church are looking to get equipped by example to normalize sharing the gospel in all your personal and community relationships, please visit thecrosscurrent.com. Until next time, I'm Corey McKenna in the studio and on the street, keeping the cross current in our culture. I'm Corey McKenna, President of The Cross Current. Will you help hear HEAR at home with us? Thanks to ministry partners like you, we were able to send me into the field full-time on July 1st. But to equip more Christians online and to engage more non-Christians on air, we need your support. To learn how to pray, give, and go with us, visit helphear.ca. That's H-E-L-P-H-E-A-R dot We thank God for you and your partnership in His gospel.